Once upon a time, there was a little groundhog with hair the color and texture of the blonde curls sported by one of folklore's most notorious juvenile delinquents. And for this reason, everyone called him Groundhog Locks. One bright spring morning, Groundhog Locks's mother sent him out into the yard to play. I think it would be a good idea if you stretched your boundaries a little this morning, she told him. Out you go and into the forest. There's a darling. Remember, the path is nothing more than a suggestion. And she scooted him out the door. Groundhog Locks took his mother's words to heart and scuttled down the forest path, having never before explored the suggested route. He had not gone far before he came upon a tidy little cottage nestled among the trees. The back door stood ajar, and the foul odor of scorched food emanated from the kitchen. Groundhog Locks figured it was his civic duty to see that no one had had a massive coronary and fallen face first into an omelet pan. He stepped inside and saw three bowls of porridge steaming on the table. One whiff at the biggest of the bowls told him the source of the foul odor. He surveyed the kitchen, quickly determined there were no dead bodies and no unattended fires, and then he turned to leave. At that very moment, a gust of wind blew the door shut with such a startling bang that he accidentally stumbled over the medium-sized bowl, which sent him sprawling into the smallest bowl. Porridge spilled all over the floor. Poor Groundhog Locks was quite trapped. Even if he had had the stature to reach the doorknob, without opposable thumbs he was powerless to turn it. Well, there was nothing for it but to wait until the people who lived there returned, explain himself to them, and offer apologies for the intrusion. They might be surprised to find a stranger in their house, but surely they'd thank him for his concern and send him on his way with their best wishes. As long as he was waiting, he might as well put his energies to good use. In the cupboard under the kitchen sink, he found some paper towels. With these, he started cleaning up the spilled porridge. Thus engaged, several minutes later, he looked out the kitchen window to see three bears shambling up the driveway. A tall bear, a medium-sized bear, and a short bear, all dressed in matching Burberry trench coats and black bowler hats. What is this, he thought, a Stanley Kubrick movie? The bears did not appear refreshed from their morning walk. Indeed, they all looked decidedly lean and hungry. Groundhog locks took cover in the foliage of an artillery fern and listened as they approached. Next time, said Mama Bear in her pleasant medium-sized voice, read the frigging instructions. I know your sainted mother spent an hour every morning slaving over a hot saucepan, but that was before instant porridge and microwave ovens. Three minutes, max. That's all it takes. Ever. Three minutes. Tell me the truth. How long did you nuke that oatmeal? Twenty minutes, Papa Bear said in his deep, growly voice. No wonder I scalded the roof of my mouth, squealed Baby Bear in his squeaky little irritating voice. If this was school and you were the cafeteria manager, I'd make them fire you. If this was Starbucks, I could sue for damages. As it is, I'll probably need psychotherapy when I get older. You know, for post-traumatic stress. Ow, my mouth! Papa Bear stopped in his tracks to eyeball Baby Bear for a moment. Then he said, Given the opportunity, 
or provocation. Some male predators eat their young. But we are civilized anthropomorphisms, Mama Bear bristled. We do not intimidate our offspring with thinly veiled threats. Papa Bear just growled at them both. Then he noticed the back door. I distinctly remember leaving that door open, he said. He took a deep breath and bellowed, Somebody's been! But Baby Bear interrupted. If you ask me, I'd say it's logical to assume the wind blew the door shut and not very logical to jump to the conclusion that intruders are standing in line to burgle us. But once inside, all three bears could see that Papa Bear's suspicions were well-founded. There was porridge everywhere. Regardless of his sincere intentions, Groundhog Locks was hopeless when it came to housework. With a manic gleam of satisfaction, Papa Bear roared in his big, growly voice, Somebody's been sniffing my porridge! And off he went to telephone the police. Mama Bear's pleasant, medium-sized voice carried a tone of wonder and resentment. Um, somebody's tripped in my porridge. This is too much for one morning. I've got to lie down. Baby Bear, in his squeaky little irritating voice, said, Somebody's tipped my porridge, and look, there are little porridge footprints that lead straight to the artillery fern. Busted, poor Groundhog Locks crawled out from his hiding place. He stood silently, looking up at Baby Bear. Baby Bear said, And you would be? Groundhog Locks at your service, meaning no harm, fully intending to clean up the mess I've made, and, and pleased to meet you, I'm sure. He tended to overcompensate in awkward situations. Groundhog locks, said Baby Bear, and his little voice went into an even squeakier, more irritating register. Not only is that a ridiculous name, it also implies that you are a marmot, and you are clearly a long-haired Andalusian guinea pig. Groundhog locks corrected him. I am both, he said. My great-grandmother was a long-haired Andalusian guinea pig, and I seem to have inherited the chromosome for curly yellow fur. That's impossible, Baby Bear scoffed with a supercilious eye roll. Interspecies breeding is impossible. No more impossible than a pretentious Baby Bear wearing a Burberry and a black bowler, Groundhog Lock shot back. This is a fairy tale. Laws of nature don't necessarily apply. He had decided it would be a waste of breath to apologize for the mess he had inadvertently made in the course of performing a neighborly act. Instead, he turned to scuttle out the back door, which once again stood ajar. "'Stop him!' cried Baby Bear. "'Stop him! My hamsters died last week, and I need a new pet. Daddy! Mama! Get him for me! Now!' But Papa Bear was preoccupied with looking out for the arrival of the police. Mama Bear was upstairs in bed trying to stave off a migraine. Baby Bear wasn't of a temperament to exert himself physically, so Groundhog Locks had no trouble at all getting away from the bear's house. He had no sooner caught his breath than whom should he see coming toward him on the path but a very pretty little girl with a riot of blonde curls spilling out from beneath the hood of the red cloak she wore, and on her arm she carried a basket. "'Good day, little Red Riding Hood,' said Groundhog Locks. "'For who else could it possibly be? "'In that outfit, in this setting?' 
Where are you off to this fine spring morning? Mom said don't talk to strangers, replied the little girl. Ah, uh, yes, wise counsel, said Groundhog Locks, and he got on with his scuttling. Yeah, but what kind of story would this be if I paid attention to my mother? Cautious children don't make it into print, do they? So, throwing caution to the wind, I will tell you I am taking some bran muffins and prune juice to my grandma who is puking her guts up on the other side of the forest. First, though, I'm going to lurk outside the house of three bears who live just up the path and wait till they go for a walk, and then I'm going to go in and trash the place. And my name isn't Little Red Riding Hood, it's Hester. Oh, pardon me. And tell me, Hester... Why does the notion of perpetrating property damage appeal to you? Because it's what disaffected pre-adolescents do. Plus, I'm having an identity crisis. And besides that, I need to express anger over the rejection I feel. Oh, you're angry? Damn straight I'm angry, she replied. And you would be too. Do you have any idea what it feels like to live on the edge of a forest, reputedly inhabited by wolves, bears, and other predatory carnivores, and be in mortal fear every time you go outside to play? And then, out of the blue one morning, your mother dresses you up in the attention-getting color of fire engines and sends you into that forest, alone, with a basket of fresh muffins still emanating yeasty warmth, on the flimsy pretense that your grandmother is too sick to lift her head off the pillow and will die if she doesn't get bran muffins and prune juice in the next two hours. How very Jungian, mused Groundhog Locks. Yeah, whatever. So, is it any wonder I want to act out destructively? Nope, said Groundhog Locks. No wonder at all. The thought of Baby Bear meeting his match in this little red-hooded harridan warmed the very cockles of his heart. Before he scuttled off the beaten path into the safety of the undergrowth, where wildflowers bloomed in profusion, he turned to give the child his benediction. "'You go, girlfriend,' he said. And from that day to this, Groundhog Locks has not strayed onto the path or into another fairy tale."